Well, hello, my friend. I'm recording this message on March 28, 2020. The world has been put on house arrest as an effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus, which means, well, here I am. I have a little more time to work on the podcast. This episode is a little different format than usual. It's an interview with one of my instructors and one of the new owners of Studio 540. In an effort to keep our gym united and engaged while we are all isolated, we started recording these interviews for our private Facebook group. However, there's a lot of gold worth sharing in this interview and the ones that I'll release in the future, but uh, we know that not everyone wants to watch a podcast, so we're just going to provide them here as an alternate option. Today's guest is Jake Burecker, and among black belts, he is very well respected. Jake started in Virginia at a Helson Gracie affiliate, moved to Hawaii, and trained with BJ Penn, and then to San Diego, where he trained with Clark Gracie, eventually ending up at Studio 540. We covered many topics of jujitsu, and I do hope you enjoy. Jake, thank you for being with me today. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Doing really well. Of course, for those who might watch this video five or 10 years from now, this is being recorded during the coronavirus <laughs> outbreak. <laughs> so we're all in isolation, which means yeah. that now everybody is a podcaster. Everybody is an online instructor. <laughs> I know. Here we are. My first podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what have you been doing to pass the time? Huh? Well, I had the virus, so or I'm pretty sure I did. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's been fun. Uh, been uh, just playing with my dog, staying inside, trying to exercise, rest, um, trying not to eat too bad, playing uh, Call of Duty. Yes. <laughs> you know, there haven't been a lot of times where I've been away from jujitsu for, you know, much more than like a couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks at a time. But um, what I find interesting about that is that when your body feels rested, it feels strange. Have you felt any of that? I feel worse. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah. My, I like hurt more. I feel like the more I do less, like the more my joints and stuff I feel like ate. So like I did a bunch of stretching today. <laughs> nice. No, I hear you. I, I, I get that like being active, um, you know, loosens things up. You feel, yeah. you know, stronger, you feel more flexible and more agile, all that stuff. Um, sure. Yeah. All the sedentary stuff is, is making me feel very tight. That's for sure. But I mean, like, as far as like injuries go, like, I feel like there are always nagging aches and pains, like, you know, it's time to heal. And yeah. That. Yeah. It's good for the mind. I think it's important to have time off. And yeah. That happens a lot in jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just a little introduction, of course, for everybody at the gym, they know who you are, but for anybody who ends up watching this in the future, they may not know who you are. So give us just a quick intro to who you are, where you came from. My name's Jake Baracker. I'm uh, I grew up in right outside DC in Northern Virginia, and I started jujitsu there and lived spent a good bit of time in Hawaii, and then from Hawaii moved to California. I've been here ever since for the last like seven and a half years, I think now. So, right. What do you think is your current claim to fame? What would you say your training partners say about your jujitsu? Uh 
Well, I don't like talking about myself too much. So I, I think I, I'm pretty decent at uh, triangle jokes. So I'd say that's probably my best, my best move. A good close guard. <laughs> I'm not one to self hype much, but no, I, I know. But that's why I'm saying to put it in that yeah. mindset of like, you know, what would yeah. Dre say about you? What would Jerry say about you? What would, you know, any any of the other black belts? What would you say is like your style of jujitsu? I don't know. Here, apparently, I, I smile and I laugh a lot. So. <laughs> That apparently bothers a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we've, we've trained together. And one of the things I've noticed about your style of jujitsu is it's very, uh, very mellow. Yeah, I'm very slow, kind of like a sloth. <laughs> right. And, the, and I have heard a little bit of the chuckling, the laughing. And, you know, as a purple belt, it's just <laughs> funny because, like, I, I know that, like, fundamentally black belts love to just – open the door and let you in, but really that's just a trap. And, you know, we think we're getting clever with things. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Oh, hey, there's my escape. But really you guys are just setting a trap for us. And, and that's very much your style too. I feel like it, you're, you're maybe at a slow pace, even a slow energy, like low energy, but it's like, I still feel that like, there's like the next step, the next step. And I'm, you're just leading me down a path to getting some. Yeah. I don't know. I've always liked uh, guys like Hodger and stuff. And I always felt like his game like was so slow paced and it would like lull his opponents into his speed mm -hmm. and to make them fight at your pace rather than a fast one. So right. it's always kind of my game. Do you remember your first day on the mat? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. What was it like? What was going on in your mind? Uh, well, I didn't want to be there. I <laughs> Really? <laughs> so I, I watched like some MMA and stuff, but I didn't know what jujitsu was. I I wanted to do some like kickboxing or boxing. I think I was just about to turn twenty, and I went to this local gym and that I had heard about from someone else, and they they weren't like replying to my emails and stuff or phone calls. So I just decided to show up. So I just showed up, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to do kickboxing," and they're like, "Nah, well." we have jiu-jitsu right now and you have to do jiu-jitsu. So, oh, sorry. Hello. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, they just kind of shuttled me into the room and they were like, well, you should try it. And I was like, I don't really want to try it. Come on. They like pushed me on the mat. Wow. Was on. So I just kind of got on the mat. I didn't sign a waiver or anything, obviously. <laughs> Very different back then. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they were doing like butterfly guard. And a purple belt was teaching class, mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't know anything about belts. It was no gi, anyways. So okay, um, and I got like they were trying to teach me how to do it. It was like a hook sweep, and I thought that it was stupid. This <laughs> <laughs> was dumb, and I was like just waiting to get out of the class, basically. And then they were like, "Okay, we're gonna do live sparring," and I didn't know what that meant. And they were like, "You want to spar?" And I was like, "What is it?" And they were like, "Just try and like." choke the person or whatever and I was like okay and I got beat up pretty mm. bad <laughs> by everybody and I was like I signed up that day and I just was like this is the coolest thing I've ever done I never stopped doing it really wow so in the course of an hour hour and a half you went from not wanting to do it not wanting to be yeah. there on that mat to okay sign me up 
yeah, pretty much. I was like, take my money. I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> wow. So who in like, how did you even decide to walk into that gym? I mean, I know you said you, you watched some MMA and stuff like that, but like there was something, there was a switch in your mind that said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to reach out to them. They weren't responding, but like, I'm going to walk yeah. into that place. I don't know. I was like, I was like in that place of trying to figure out if I wanted to go to college again or like whatever and just trying to figure out something to do and I wanted to get in good shape or something I decided so I yeah. was like boxing sounded cool and I had watched him MMA and thought that was cool and who doesn't want to be a ninja so <laughs> yes <laughs> kind of my goal and then I just kind of got in there and I was like this is like a superpower and never wanted to stop you know are you comfortable with telling us the lineage of that school yeah I'm totally friends with all those guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm homies with everybody. Um, yeah. it's, it was a Helsing Gracie affiliate. Okay. Called Fightworks. Back then there were like, I mean, as far as gyms go, Pedro Sauer actually had a gym down the road. But I didn't know who Pedro, I didn't know anybody. You know? Sure. Lloyd Irving had a school that wasn't too far. But aside from those guys, there were no black belts really on the East Coast when I was wow. there. So what, so had, was the purple belt the highest ranking? There were three purple belts and a brown belt. And they were all the, like, and they were just guys that did jiu-jitsu and, like, had a little school. It was, there was, like, fighters, MMA guys and stuff there. But it was, like, it was such a different scene at that time. Mm -hmm. It was really bizarre, kind of, now thinking back on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at some point, I would imagine there's somebody that you – latched onto. I think for all of us, there's somebody that, you know, we train with either they're kind of a peer or maybe they're an instructor and we kind of latch onto them. We're inspired by their style. Who would you say inspired your style the most in the early days? Let's call it like white belt, blue belt days. So I went from like white to blue belt in like six months, but mm -hmm. my instructor that I like was training with like they're the most out of like the four guys was a purple belt and his mm -hmm. name was matt Olmborg. like no one knows who he is but he uh he's a black belt now but he was a good wrestler and stuff and he used to compete a lot so i i would train with him like daily and he gave me a lot of extra time and attention so like nice but like he was kind of like my instructor cool but there were a bunch like damn there were a bunch of good guys there that taught me yeah yeah. <laughs> so cool. what about, um, so yeah, it didn't sound like there were a lot of gyms in that area at that time. Um, yeah. but talk to me a little bit about rivalries. I mean, when you were coming up through the ranks, I mean, so let's, let's go. So DC, you were white and blue. Were yeah. you also purple in DC? Or did no, you go to Hawaii and get your purple? In unique Hawaii? situation, my purple belt, but. <laughs> <laughs> Tell but me more. <laughs> Tell us what I, happened. I, I really only spent my time in Virginia for like white to blue. And I mm -hmm. left like right after I got my blue belt pretty much. Okay. Um, just because I didn't like, you couldn't train enough. That was a big part of it. Cause jujitsu, mm -hmm. like people, not that it's like a lucrative business now, but back then even it was less, mm -hmm. you know? So these guys all had professions that had the gym and stuff. So there were like maybe three, four days a week you could train max. Wow. And I was obsessed. So yeah. I wanted to 
train. I was going to like other gyms, which back then was very frowned upon. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Roughly what years were these? Uh, 2008. Okay. Yeah. So did you get to train at Lloyd Irvin School? I did. I trained at Lloyd Irving's a couple times. Um, I did that later, actually, rather than mm. early. Oh, really? So, um, yeah. I, it was so I did go there. I went there for some comp training and stuff, but I trained okay. at Pedro Powers with Pedro directly okay. a couple times. Um, I didn't yes. even know who. <laughs> so, in especially in those days, I feel like you know more in the recent days, especially since you know, the start of 540, we've really done a lot to change the culture of jujitsu where it's more open door policy to anybody um, from any lineage at any time. And I realized that, you know, that was kind of a new concept when 540 came on the scene. So when you were training back in 2008-ish at, you know, these different schools, did you have to go in and kind of pretend like you didn't have a home gym or how did that go? Yeah, it was weird. It was like, I remember my first, like, exp- like there were definitely, like, teams and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I was competing. I competed after training for, like, three weeks, and I lost terribly. Um, <laughs> I don't remember doing that, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I was competing a lot, and guys that I was competing against, you know, they were, became, like, friends and stuff because mm-hmm. there were only so many guys to fight against. So a lot of times you'd fight the same guys at these local tournaments. And, yeah. Um, I remember one of the guys like invited me to go training at some wrestler's house and I went and we trained in this big compound out in the woods. He was like an Olympic wrestler. No way. <laughs> and he had like mats in his house and yeah. And I trained with like the George Mason wrestling team. And so I was doing that. And then I got invited to go over to like Pedro's and train and I trained there some and I didn't know it was a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, just went in and was like, yeah, I, was coming with blah, 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 you know, and went oh, training. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you weren't aware of the cultural no. faux pas that you were committing. Yeah. And then I, I remember the school I was training at, um, the one of the instructors actually, like, because I'm me being like ignorant to it, I was like, yeah, I went and trained with blah, blah, blah. Like, basically, <laughs> all I had been fighting against them. And he like gave like this really awkward speech at the end of a class about going and training at other uh... schools. Then I realized it. <laughs> about me and I was like standing there and I'm like, whoa <laughs> and I don't like that type of stuff so I just went up to him and after and was like did I like do something like and wow he was like no, no no it's fine but you know and like explained the whole deal and I was just I thought it was really silly so <laughs> wow all right so you competed three weeks after you started uh, did you compete all through blue purple brown I competed a lot in blue belt and stuff and then purple. I was only in purple belt for like a year. So mm. I didn't, I competed like one time, two times at purple, I think. Yeah. And then brown belt, I competed a good bit. And then I got injured and still competed injured. Yeah. <laughs> and stopped pretty much. So it sounds like, I mean, three weeks in and you're competing. I'm like eight yeah. years in and I've not competed. So like, sounds like there was something in you that really wanted to to do that was that an external pressure from your gym or was that internal with you I just yeah it was a personal thing I don't know I I had never really competed much in athletics or anything but I was like I don't know when I started doing that I like wanted to I wanted to do MMA I wanted to do everything I just was super into 
fighting. <laughs> yeah. Were you nervous though? Like at your, at your first few tournaments? You know, it's funny. I started getting nervous later rather than in the beginning. Mm, interesting. Like, Maybe there was more to lose. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Um, my competition history was bizarre. I used to compete a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And, and I never cared. I just would go out and fight usually. So Yeah. I mean, would you agree that maybe part of that is, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a white belt, a blue belt, and nobody really expects a lot from you. It's not, you know, but when you're a black belt, it's yeah. like, you're like, dude, I'm, I'm a black belt. Like I should, I should be able to like, you know. Yeah, you definitely put pressure on yourself and mm. stuff. And yeah, that's definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. Eating's a weird animal. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned being injured. What was the injury? What happened and how long did it keep you off the mat? Uh, well, I've been injured quite a few times, but yeah. uh, most significant one. As it I goes had, with jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. I hurt myself really bad with um, my knee when I was a blue belt. Okay. Uh, that's got an interesting story, but I, I hurt my shoulder really bad at brown belt. And that was like kind of where I kind of slumped off a lot with competing mm. and stuff. Um, I feel like there's a story with a purple belt knee injury. Oh, the, the blue belt. There's blue belt knee injury. Sorry. Story with that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to mention any names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was uh, actually, I was, I had moved to Hawaii at that time and I was training and then I came back to DC for like to visit my parents and I, so I stopped at my old gym and I mm-hmm. was training and I had trained, I was probably training there for like a week or two, I think at the time. And one, someone in the class was complaining they couldn't get out of my body lock. And uh, <laughs> so the instructor was saying that they were doing the escape wrong because he had shown some escape that they were doing. And they were like, no, nah. they were like, can't get out of it. Doesn't work type thing, you know? one of the other instructors was saying it didn't work. And so he was like, well, put me in the body lock. And I was like, um, well, you're really, he was a big guy. And I was, <laughs> and I have really long legs yes. and I barely lock it, like barely. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> <Put him in. laughs> and uh, long story short, he basically took his hands and pushed through my knee so hard that my knee just exploded. Oh, so no. while he was demonstrating, he did it. it was, I'm cool with him. He didn't mean to do it. It's totally irresponsible on that mm. end of it, but uh, yeah, so that was terrible. So oh. that took a year, probably like a year and a half. Wow, <laughs> of no training at all. Yeah, I couldn't train at all. My oh. leg. Surgery? I yeah, I had to have like. So I was really lucky. He didn't tear any of my ligaments. Wow. Uh, which they thought was crazy, but I tore all of my meniscus out pretty much. So I have like zero meniscus. In my Yikes! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you ever consider at that point not going back to do, to jujitsu? No. I mean, I was like freaked out because I thought I couldn't ever maybe train again and all that. But um, yeah, I've been, eventually I just, I mean, I always watched stuff. I mean, back then there wasn't so much YouTube or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watched as much as I could and just thought about it all the time. Yeah. I actually feel like when I came back, I was better. So. Wow. Mm, interesting. Yeah. All right. So you were in DC, you went to Hawaii, you got your purple belt at some point, you got your brown belt there. 
Um, yeah. I remember where you got your black belt. That was kind of cool. But let's just talk about white, blue, purple, brown. What was your favorite belt promotion and why? Well, as far as promotions go, I probably, the, getting your blue belt is really cool because mm. it's your first belt. Um, and I wanted it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I think, I mean, my brown belt promotion was cool. That was a good day. Mm. and. I mean, my black belt promotion was really special for me anyways, but um, they were all, all my promotions were so weird. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> now, why is that? Why do you say they were weird? What happened? So, uh, let's just go through them. Uh, my blue belt, I, I was basically in the class and it was just like a normal night class. And I was like, okay, I had to leave a little early that night for whatever reason. I, think I, had, I had like a dinner or something I was supposed to go to. So I told the coach that I had to leave a little early. And then like right before class was gonna like start training or something, he was like, um, okay, everyone circle up. And back then, you know, there weren't a lot of like other belts. Like, you know, now it's like the class can have six black belts in it and stuff. Right. I had only seen like two black belts ever at first like wow. <laughs> like yeah like it was not a thing you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like a purple belt was crazy if there was a purple wow. belt that was like a black belt type wow thing. And, um and yeah so it was like mostly blue belts and white belts mostly white belts but um they, he basically made me fight the entire class of blue belts <laughs> what <laughs> because he had been having an argument with one of the other instructors that i needed a belt wow and he didn't want to give me a belt because i had only been training like five and a half months or something yeah. and um but i triangled him <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so they were arguing saying one was saying i didn't know enough techniques and all this stuff and basically he like made me um fight everybody in the class so all the blue belts it was like i had fight like i think 10 guys back to back wow <laughs> and uh I wasn't allowed to triangle anybody. What? That I was triangling everybody, and that was the one instructor's argument that I only knew triangles. Oh, bro! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I I tapped every single guy. So I tapped wow. everyone in the room, and he was like, "I'm giving him a blue belt." <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I got my blue belt. Um, not the most conventional way, but it was right. cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was rad. And then my purple belt was weird because I was training in Hawaii and I had just like gotten back from my knee injury and I was like, I was training a lot. I was getting beat up by like Keenan and all these guys I used to train there. And, and then I came back to the East Coast for like a quick vacation that was in my family again for like three weeks. And I stopped in at my old school and they gave me a purple belt. Ah, okay. And I was like, well, this is awkward. I yeah. uh, see now. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't even doing the class. I did like a nogi thing with like some of the guys there and I was like leaving and, and I, I was bummed cause I was getting ready to compete at like worlds and stuff. And then, oh. so it gives me a purple belt and I was just like, well, I didn't know like what the, like at that point I was training under BJ and JD and I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> what to do with this you know and then I, I so i went back to hawaii and i had i just brought my purple belt because i didn't know what to do and i was like 
brought it and I like before class started I remember I just went up to JD and asked I told him what happened and he was like yeah it's cool he was like congrats he was like you're purple belt he was like you were ready for your purple belt it's cool wow that's cool and that we just never talked about it it was just like it was cool so yeah yeah isn't it interesting the cultural norms that we have in our sport right like that is definitely an odd situation to be in you're you're kind of breaking protocol because at this point you had moved to hawaii and hawaii was your home gym at that point yeah your kind of original gym was kind of claiming (laughs) you as a current member and saying no you're ready for the purple how long have you been away not uh, like already a year i think yeah oh yeah weird i don't know it was a weird situation but luckily uh BJ and all his brothers are like super, I mean, it was weird. It was like Hawaii was very relaxed mm. and they just, I don't know, just different. They just, he didn't care. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then talk, talk about, yeah. yeah so you, your next belt promotion. So, and then my brown belt was probably the most normal promotion. I got that one just like I was getting ready to leave Hawaii. So I, I just was moving to come california and everything you know pretty much mm-hmm. well for someone but um <laughs> so i uh and they just surprised me and ended up promoting me there and which was cool because um i had technically not gotten any belts from them you know even mm-hmm. though i trained right it's length was under bj and them mm-hmm. but uh i didn't know if i would get a belt because there were guys when i came there that were like I mean, they were brown belts when I got it. Some of them are still brown belts now. (laughs) And I I never saw BJ promote anybody. So I, okay, well, maybe like, I I don't know. I didn't want my belt from like the other professors like Shruto and those guys because I didn't really train with them that much. Mm -hmm. So I was, I didn't ever expect anything. And then, uh, yeah, so BJ came in and it was after he had had a fight. I don't remember what fight it was, but he gave me uh he came in when he was hurt anyways to promote me so i thought that was really cool wow give me my belt there and yeah. then i got whipped by everybody um and uh <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and then i got my black belt in the street in venice which was also unexpected so that was a kind of a weird situation <laughs> <laughs> right well you weren't even in a gym <laughs> no i was i was eating street tacos down in Venice by the, I think it was like Venice Boulevard or something. I don't know. At an art show. <laughs> and BJ was there, right? BJ was there for that? Yeah. Yeah. I snuck up behind me and tied a black belt around my waist while I was eating some tacos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was your profile picture for a long time. And that one, oh, yeah. like that one stuck in my head for some reason. Yeah. Um, was I wasn't, I wasn't there personally, but I heard, some story about a couple of the buddies running back to a car that was parked far away to go get the belt so that they could get it to BJ. And it was like, it was, it sounded like yeah. this whole like Jason Bourne kind of like thing going on in the background. It was, bizarre. it was really interesting. It was cool. <laughs> it was really neat. Probably one of the most unique belt promotions. Yeah. You know, you brought up an interesting uh, part of our, our sport and that, belt promotions are so many different types of belt promotions that happen within our sport. You have the really ultra traditional, which are like every year there's a belt promotion. doesn't mean everybody's going to get promoted. It just means that every year there's a ceremony and you get 
you know, certificates and you get to stand up there and give a speech. You kind of have on the other end of the spectrum, the surprise belt promotions that happen whenever they happen. It could right. happen before class, after class, it could happen on the street, you know? Um, you know, there's all kind, there's all styles. There's all these different styles of belt promotions. You kind of had um, a pretty healthy mix of all those. <laughs> had a little taste of every. The most traditional one I had was my brown belt, and I didn't know I was getting promoted, but it was like with a lot of my friends there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I definitely can appreciate that. It's cool when you have people there to recognize you for your moment. You know, sure, yeah, so that's cool. Did you have a moment? I mean, I know we're talking about the the belt promotion was actually a surprise when you became your when you got your black belt. But yeah. did you have a moment or any indication beforehand, either a week or a month or whatever, did, that you knew? Like, was there a moment that you knew you were going to be a black belt soon? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was in a really bizarre situation because I traveled and I lived all over and I was training places. I was training with Clark a bunch at the time. It was just kind of all over the place. So brown belt's like a weird belt. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, a, I was like damaged goods. No one wanted oh. that. <laughs> Everyone was like, and like, I don't know. It was weird, you know, cause I didn't know who was going to give me a belt or what. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I wanted it. I was, I felt I was at the level, but that wasn't up to me, but I was at the point too, where it was just like, I just, I didn't care. Like I was so like, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you loved jujitsu more than you loved the belt promotion. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. think, uh, yeah. I don't know. Jujitsu is such a personal to me anyways, like mm -hmm. journey type thing to where it's like, I didn't care on what someone else's opinion on it was yeah. i just was good so yeah. <laughs> whether they gave it to me or not you know that's awesome So let's address the the small elephant in the room. It's not really like that big of a deal, but you've, uh -huh. you've kind of dropped some cool names. I mean, we're talking about BJ Penn. You trained uh -huh. at his school in Hawaii. You, you mentioned Keenan. Did Keenan train there at BJ's? Yeah, so Keenan was there. Actually, he was one of the first people I ever rolled with there when I first moved wow. there. So, so we've got, you know, BJ, Keenan, Clark, Probably lots of others in the mix there as well. Yeah, well, Clark, I trained with Clark in San Diego. I didn't train yep. with Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I trained with a bunch of really good guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, different styles. Certainly there are yeah. really unique styles all represented within just those three and probably many others that you've trained with. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we kind of talked about in the early days as a white or blue belt who influenced you the most. Is there somebody who you, you can point to as a brown and black belt um, who has influenced your game the most? Um, I think like my jujitsu has been pretty similar from, I think, I mean, I've changed it quite a bit. I don't want to sound like it. I think Clark had an influence on some of my jujitsu for sure. I think all, everybody has. I mean, sure. When all these guys right. have influenced my jujitsu, but um 
in particular, like I think my style is my style. I do yeah. my own. Yeah. Type, but I don't really like play someone else's super specific coming right. up guys like Hodger mm-hmm. and Braulio really like influenced my game watching yeah. just because they were bigger guys and I liked their style of mm-hmm. like simplicity and technicality and then BJ influenced my style quite a bit I use a lot of his jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. even though he's a small guy mm-hmm. and I was I always kind of thought maybe I couldn't use some of his stuff, but I use a lot of his jujitsu still. Yeah. I still teach a lot of his jujitsu. Wow, so. that's cool. Yeah. What belt was Keenan when you trained with him in Hawaii? When I first trained with him, he was a blue belt. I think we were both blue belts. Like wow. Blue belt. Wow. And uh, yeah, he was good. it was really really okay i guess (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome you know it's interesting how how you're talking about you know you've really developed your own um style of jujitsu and i think that that is one of the cool things about our sport is that it's such a free form kind of thing we're not like bound by certain you know katas and routines and we're not you know bound to be like oh we're only lu gracie style jujitsu and we're only this style of jujitsu yeah you know like you in in all of jujitsu even okay i've pretty much only trained at studio 540 since the beginning so i was a blue belt um before we were studio 540 and then i've just been there ever since and even having like that experience of one school i haven't moved around i've you know trained very little with other schools even at the one school the different instructors that we have come from different places they've yeah. all kind of done the same thing it's this like kind of huge family tree right that all contributes back down to the individual um students so you know i've got your influence dre's influence um you know um aaron has certainly had an influence and so what's interesting is that like I feel that for myself too. Like I, there are certain things I like about your, your game. There's certain things I like about Dre's game and there's certain things I like about Aaron's game. Right. Certain things I like about other friends of mine, like that are purple belts. And I take yeah. that and I like, you kind of like take all the ingredients and you kind of mix up your own, you know, pot yeah. too. I think that's, what's cool about it. And like, I, I like, I've taken moves from so many different instructors and teachers mm-hmm. and people and, there were times where I was kind of teaching myself a lot too. And I was training with like me and Keenan and a couple other guys and other belts there at the gym. And we were just training all the time, like trying stuff out and being like, Oh, what do you think of this? Yeah. Picking up things as we went, you know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think like, like just lots of mat time and doing that, like is mm-hmm. what makes you good and just going for stuff rather than getting stuck in like one set of game, you know, like mm-hmm. I would get good at something and then I would be like, okay, like now I want to try and get good at this for a while. So I would just go for like certain move over and over again. And I think right. that contributes to creating and doing different stuff. Right. One thing I've noticed over time for myself as I've been training is that I think in the early days, I used to go to every single class and I I looked at it as more of like a linear formulaic kind of thing. And over time I've realized, okay, I'm going to be in a class where there's a technique that somebody teaches and it's just something that doesn't click with my game. 
You know, like it's just something like either it's over my head or just, I don't ever find myself in that position. I don't like that position starting point or whatever, but that's kind of what I like about this whole process is that we can sit in a class like that. We can train the technique and you can even have those thoughts right now. Like I will never use this. And then here's what's crazy about it. Three months, four months down the road, you're training and you think you've forgotten all about that technique, but the opportunity presents itself and somehow it's still in there. Yeah. And somehow you can pull it up at the right moment. You go, Oh, okay. Like it makes sense now. So there's like this constant evolution. I think there are times when I'm ready for technique and times that I'm not ready for that technique. And then at some point it clicks. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. There's definitely moves you like, even as like on the instructor side now, it's like I can show a move. 20 times or something over spread out yeah <laughs> one of those times someone will be like wow that move's amazing it's like i oh, we've done this like 50 times i know you were in the class <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah sure glad you like it. you know it's like so yeah sometimes is there, is there something that you would say is like if you could summarize your style of jujitsu is there a certain philosophy that you're kind of always thinking about when when you're just looking at um, your training partner or your opponent. Um, is there some kind of core philosophy that you have with jujitsu? Mm. I mean, that can be as specific as possible, like a positional thing, or it could be as like theoretical as you want, like philosophical as you want. I don't know. I'm always trying to create movement. Mostly my game is movement based. So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to continue, keep the pace moving a lot of the times. And uh, I'm more submission oriented, so I'm typically looking for submission. Mm-hmm. Most of, I don't, I don't know. I don't really think about that too much. I think I'm just yeah. doing kind of yeah. like uh, it's almost like art. You're just kind of creating, just yeah. doing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Absolutely. think a lot. I try and be more like present in the moment when I'm doing it rather than think. And uh, I think that's a big thing. I think it's funny because everyone always talks about jujitsu you think you know but i think Mm -hmm. like the best guys don't think when they're doing they're just Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. you've already trained you're thinking why you train and practice the move like in class but when it's like rolling and stuff you don't really have time to think if i'm sitting there thinking about everything you're doing i'm probably losing right (laughs) (laughs) you're already two steps behind (laughs) yeah as opposed to if I'm if I'm winning or something, I'm usually not thinking too much. I might be setting you up or something, but it's more sure. stuff. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Looking back from where you stand today as a black belt, is there something that you wish that you would have put into practice earlier? Uh, I don't know. I think um, – Keeping an open mind is important to always come into class and not don't ever feel like you're you're too good to be doing something. I think it's super important to be able to just come in and do whatever's being taught, just do it. And that mm-hmm. goes back to like the mindset of like no mind, like not thinking, like just doing. Like you just come to class and plan on doing jujitsu. And maybe there's one thing you're working on. I always tell students early, like, you know, like if you can pick a move or something and get good at that for a while, it'll help build other things around it. And also, right. like, but it, again, it goes to that idea of just don't just be present, you know, like mm-hmm. come last being present. And I think uh, if I would have, I did keep that mindset, 
quite a bit. And I think when I first got into that mindset, I got really good really quick. Mm. When I was able to just come, just do and be there and be there for jujitsu and not think about everything else. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you put like weird pressures on yourself and weird things. I don't want to mm. learn that. That's not my jujitsu. My jujitsu is like this. Instead, just come and do it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> absolutely absolutely makes sense no i just i was as i was kind of putting together some thoughts for um you know this interview i was just thinking like you know there are some things that you know i learned along the way but i was maybe like stubborn about it i'm like nah i don't want to do that you know i gotta I, that's not my game like you're saying you know like nah and um you know i think there's just some maturity like it, that when you when you get down the road you always realize like man if i just would have had a little more maturity in that moment like you know i probably would have learned a little bit better i would have learned a little faster i would have done a little bit better whatever so that's just kind of the source yeah. of that question you know and 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 i'm and that's what i mean by like being the present thing it's like yeah. there were definitely classes i can think back on specifically that i wish i paid a little bit more attention on yeah like i still felt today because i think yeah. i'd be a lot better at that move yeah. <laughs> awesome, Jake. Well, um, what a great conversation. I really appreciate you jumping on with me today. Um, you know, my hope is that our members uh, learn a little bit more about each of their instructors and your big part of what's going on at Studio 540, obviously. And uh, I know for myself, I really enjoy uh, going to your classes. I enjoy the freedom that you offer us as students to explore and kind of figure out what makes sense for us. And um, all that stuff is, has been a great experience for me. So I appreciate you as an instructor and appreciate your time today, man. Of course. Thank you, dude. All right, Thanks. brother. Well, yeah, hopefully soon we'll be back on the mats and this whole coronavirus thing will be over and uh, we'll be back in person. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right man thanks so much stay safe all right out there all right thanks man. all right man it wasn't bad <laughs> yeah, there we go i'll cut it there but yeah perfect thanks dude um yeah good yeah well now i gotta figure out um who else is up next and how to get all this stuff like gathered and cut and edited yeah make up it together yeah i mean i'm gonna try not to do too much editing like you know cutting totally but you know i just I like the hope is that um will, we give our members something different to look at other than instructional videos so i think we've all pr pretty much hit our threshold on that <laughs> oh dude there's i know i'm i'm with you i'd love to be doing like some silly videos or something mm -hmm. like some comic relief in the yeah, I'm so I'm gonna post that triangle that you put on your dog. I'm gonna post that in the group. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Deep. That was knee deep in the virus that day. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Um I mean it's it's actually good that you had enough energy to do that because I have a buddy who's pretty sure he has it and um Dude. he's only Nick posting videos and photos of himself like laying in bed. It's bad. Nick the tooth uh, has it too. And oh, uh, really? Him and I were talking quite a bit about it because yeah. he got sick like a little bit after I did. Mm -hmm. He like wrote me for some reason and I started talking to him and I told him I was, I had had the virus and he's like, dude, I think I have it. And we were like sharing like experience. <laughs> it sucks, bro. The Ugh. weirdest part, I like lost my sense of taste and smell. I heard like, about that. 
dude, it like today's the first day I can really smell again. Like I've been able to taste for the last like four days, but yeah. like it's so weird. Like it's not wow. like you're congested, can't taste and smell. You just can't mm. taste and smell. Wow. <laughs> it was terrible. Dang, dude. Well, I hope I don't get it. I've I've stayed very isolated. Only yesterday, like I went out to Target. Yeah. And I was like <sighs> dude, I've been so good. I'm like, I don't want to get this coronavirus, man. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I, so here's what I did. Like I wrote out my list ahead of time on paper. Yeah. So I didn't have to keep fucking with yeah. my phone. Yeah. So I yeah. wrote it out on paper and then I'm like, Ooh, I will have to get my phone out at some point. So I'm going to put that in a little Ziploc bag. So I don't like contaminate yeah. my phone, brought my little like, you know, hand sanitizer with me into the store and oh man it was bizarre dude i just felt like i was infecting myself but like target is the cleanest it's ever been like i I walked in and there's like a dedicated person sanitizing shopping carts and like issuing them to customers as they walk in totally and like i went to the self-checkout which i usually avoid but i'm like well one less person to talk to and interact with So I went to the self-checkout and I was like, I don't want to touch this screen. But then I noticed like there's a dedicated person sanitizing all the screens, all the buttons, every like surface of the self-checkout after the people leave. So like, I'm like, this is the cleanest this place has ever been, dude. So, but I still like, when I got to my car, I like took my jacket off, put it inside out and like put it in the trunk. I actually like wiped my stuff down before I brought it in, put it in my shelves and like, cabinets i was like i just am not about to get this thing dude so dude it's it's bad man i'm i'm hoping the hoping it settles down in the next couple weeks but i'm i don't think it's going to man i think it's gonna be i think we're gonna be locked up for a little while (laughs) i think so too man well that'll give me some more time to do these interviews and whatever else comes to mind but um yeah yeah we can always do stories and stuff too i'm sure we all have I have many. Um, I lived in the fighter house for a long time. So, um. yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do that, man. Like that'd be, that'd be epic. And I was, I was like, not really sure I should have asked you ahead of time, but I was not really sure how much to dig on that stuff. Yeah, Cause I didn't have, know like if there was anything you, you I don't wanted. have any bad blood really, you know, the most bad yeah. blood I have with Joel. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Well, he's oh, mad man. at me. I'm not really mad at him. That's right, right, exactly. Uh, That's so um, funny, dude. But uh, yeah, I don't have a problem talking about anything. Okay, cool. Oh, oh look who joined the party. Yeah, she's ready for a big interview here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. All right, dude, I'll let you go. Thanks so much, bro. Later, Leon. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Later, homie. Bye.